0: Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health podcast where experts in wealth, health and fitness help transform your life. Here's your host, Andy Arder. She's a US TV professional, podcaster and red carpet host. Today's guest is the fantastic Ashley Cheney. Ashley, how are we doing?
1: Good morning. Well, good morning over here anyway. Hi, Andy. I'm so happy to be here. How are you doing over there?
0: Ashley, I'm fantastic. We've had some great weather here today. I think we've touched about 70 degrees Fahrenheit, about 20 degrees C, but how's the weather in California?
1: Yeah, well, time to time to make you, I don't know whether it makes you jealous or whether it makes you happy to live exactly where you are, but yeah. it, it's over 100 degrees Fahrenheit here. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> I'm in Los Angeles and it's, it is pure heat wave time. I mean, it's a it's a tough time out here in California because we are still very much under, you know, quarantine measures and it's hot and they're closing, you know, a lot of public places that people would normally go to cool off in for for COVID reasons. So it's kind of it's kind of a, a t- <laughs> tough summer right now. But uh, I
0: imagine, yeah. yeah, 100 degrees. What, what time is it for you?
1: It, what time, In the morning, I'm I'm in the morning, so it's about 10 o'clock in the morning right now, and it's, yeah, already 100, 100 degrees.
0: Oh, my God. Well, you have made me jealous, yeah, because we don't really get those kind of temperatures in the UK, Uh not very often at least. But, uh, you yeah, know, I was happy with my, you know, 70 degrees. I'm, I might be exaggerating on that as well, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm envious of, you know, everybody always wants the, the grass on the other side. But I would honestly... I think I would give a toe right now. I would actually give away a toe to be (laughs) in some cool weather and see some beautiful English countryside. So if anybody's looking for a toe and they could get me (laughs) to, let's (laughs) trade.
0: All right. We'll swap toes then in that case. (laughs) So Ashley, we got you on the show to tell us about your fantastic career, some of the stuff you've been doing. But I I wonder if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of background, uh, your early life and family and what you were doing when you was growing up.
1: I'd love to. And, you know, I was lucky enough, Andy, to chat with you just a little bit before the show and to hear a little bit about your your own background. And it was strikingly similar to to mine. So, of course, yes, now I live in Los Angeles in the heart of the entertainment capital. And I've been very um, fortunate to to have a successful career. But I actually started with beyond humble beginnings out in, I grew up in Virginia, which is on the complete opposite side of the country. I don't know how you're. U.S. geography is, but um, I grew up in a small town in Virginia, and when I was 18, the day I graduated high school, and I'm not, this is an exaggeration, the day I graduated high school, I boarded a plane, I walked onto the plane with the same dress that I wore to my high school graduation ceremony, and I moved out to California, and that was it. I knew I, <laughs> I knew I was coming out to LA, I wanted to be a famous actress, and I wanted to you know work in the movies. And that certainly didn't happen. But what did happen is I I had took this huge leap of faith to move out to California. The one thing I did have that that was possibly made my journey easier for me is that my grandparents lived in not in Los Angeles, but in a small town in California. But it was it was California. So, you know, it got Mm. out there. Um, I moved to this small town in California and just started going to community college. But through through that community college experience, I was bound and determined to get as close to TV and film as I could. And it's not just like, oh, you go to California and and you're magically in the scene. I mean, it's a huge state. And really, mostly everything happens in L.A. So what I did was I found the closest thing to TV I could in my small town. I found the local news station. I started working there while I was going to school. I found an advertising agency and I started uh, doing some video editing for them because I knew enough about video editing that I could kind of cut some really kind of low-end, low-rent commercials for a, a, you know, small (laughs) local advertising company. But it was through that job, paying minimum wage at the advertising company, that, I don't know if you'll remember this, but you know Michael Jackson, of course, right? I do, yeah. Well, back in the early 2000s, he went on trial for, uh, oh gosh, what was he on trial for? It was the big Michael Jackson trial. I think it was for... um, for the children for the the child abuse situation anyway and so they were holding that trial in my town like of all random places it was a very small town and they were holding the trial there so it became this big media circus several outlets came through including mtv and mtv must have been desperate or it was divine intervention or or whatever but they called the ad agency saying hey do you have anybody that could could come work as a pa for us on this michael jackson trial and i really like to say that's where my career truly truly started because it was that one experience with mtv that was enough of a name for me to hang my hat on and take to every other company that started you know the hiring of oh you worked for mtv okay oh you've worked for national geographic okay and so that was kind of the the big name that i needed to start building my resume even though i was only working as a pa Um, but from there, yes, obviously, we can we can talk about the experiences that, that I've built from there. But it really all started with this one small PA job when I was like 18.
0: It's amazing, isn't it? Because, I mean, you've actually worked with Paramount and NBC as well, Warner Brothers, Lucasfilm. So, I mean, it's quite a huge list of companies that you've done work for and worked with. So yeah. it, was, it was actually, you know, a question I was going to ask you, how did you get the gigs? But obviously that kind of explains it from the beginning, how you got a gig and then it worked on from there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. Um, unfor- well, I guess, unfortunately, or if you, if you are strategic about it to your advantage that in, in the Hollywood industry, at least it's very much a game of networking and more than your experience, your, um, Your reputation is your currency. So, you know, even though I wasn't in the beginning, I didn't have a lot of, you know, high ranking jobs, I built a great reputation for myself. I was always the easiest person to work with. I always worked really hard. You know, people knew they could rely on me. And that became my currency. That was how I could get the next company that I really wanted to work for to hire me because I would say, oh, I worked for so and so. And then they'd say, oh, so and so. I know that person. And that was, yeah, like that became my my cred, you know, more than anything I could ever list on a resume. On a resume. Yeah,
0: I found that as well, because yeah. the uh, I do some work with uh, large companies, Coca-Cola and Glaxo's and Ford and big companies like that. And I sell them industrial parts and services. And exactly what you said, if you mention one of those companies to one of the others, all of a sudden we call it in, in England, the welcome mat, <laughs> the yeah. welcome mat comes out. And instead of getting rejected, all of a sudden they want to hear what you got to say and what you did for that other company. And now you're an interesting person. And I suppose the same thing happens in Hollywood, too.
1: It does. And it's also uh, it's also like, oh, I know I can trust this person. They've worked with the big dogs so they can handle it. They can be. You know, they know what it takes to be in this industry. And, and particularly in Hollywood, that means usually a lot of discretion, you know, they, they need to know that you're not going to freak out when you see a celebrity and, and get all, you know, fangirly or, or, or whatever. So there's a there is a lot of, um, you know, earning your stripes, if you will, and proving that you're, frankly, and I mean, I don't, I don't mean to say this lightly, but that you know, that you're not loco, that, you're, that you can just be <laughs> a normal human being on on, on a set. That's a big, yeah. big part of this industry.
0: So so funnily enough, you you were saying um, fangirl is uh, a no-no, but have you ever gone fangirl?
1: Uh, let's see. Who would I have gone fangirl for? The people that I would go fangirl for are oddly not so much the celebrities, like the actors that you would know. There's, um, there's some writers that I've really, really geeked out about and i wouldn't say fangirl but i find myself getting really nervous because um i just don't want to look you know stupid in front of these people that i'm like you're such a genius you wrote these incredible movies those types of uh of of fangirl moments but it's weird i think i almost have the opposite reaction where maybe i i go a little too far to like not being as excited in an effort to not look like a fangirl but like you know meeting some of these huge household names you know you should be exciting because they, they they've all sort of made an impact on our lives so maybe maybe I've gone too far to the not. not okay.
0: okay well we'll bring you back from the dark side there's a George, George Lucas link there yeah you like that one
1: yeah good, good <laughs> cool. yeah I've George you know a, a for those, we briefly said that I worked at Lucasfilm, but I, I worked at Lucasfilm in a very special way. And I got to work incredibly close with George. I mean, I saw him every week um, and even got to know, you know, his family and, and stuff like that. And he's, that I think that's somebody that people would hugely fangirl over. And I just, I've, I certainly respected him and he was my boss. So there was some of that, you know, oh, I want to make sure the boss is pleased with what I'm doing. Um But you know, truth be told, I hadn't seen Star Wars until I got hired. And then, when I got hired for the job, I was like, "Oh no, I need to watch all these movies."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, it wouldn't be good if you mentioned uh, something that was um, probably related to the film and not knowing in what the context was, would it? (laughs) You know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that might have been bad. That might have been bad.
0: So uh, another thing you mentioned um, was uh, that you'd actually hosted at the golden globes so uh-huh, yeah. what was that like
1: that was incredible that was incredible so my my story too is i have been working on behind the camera for most of my career so until about five years ago when i decided you know that what's missing with with the production side of of movies is really all about Budgets and time management and scheduling and getting people where they need to be to get the job done. Um, and it's really important, and it's a great way to learn about the industry and and to really kind of understand big picture what's happening. But what was missing for me uh, was some of that human interaction, that that people level connection. And I had this background in journalism. you know I, I went to school for broadcast journalism, so I know how to interview people, and I just thought, you know, my dream of all dreams is to be hosting a travel show, a food or travel show. You know, I want to travel the world, eat great food, and, and talk to people about it. But the only opportunity I had to really do that kind of hosting was to get on the on the red carpet. There was some opportunity to do some red carpet hosting and talk to celebrities. And as you've guessed by now, I am I have the the personality where I don't really freak out when I see celebrities. So <laughs> it kind of made for a natural fit. Um, so through a company uh called Afterbuzz TV which is there's a TV presenter out here called Maria Menunos have mm-hmm. you heard of her No she's she's pretty famous out here she's um she worked for E News, which is like one of the big um, entertainment outlets out here,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: she started her own company uh, that that sort of is trying to was trying to foster new hosts. Anyhow, there was an opportunity to go to the Golden Globes, and I was absolutely thrilled to be there. Um, so, you know, we got to get all dressed up. I got to bring my boyfriend as my cameraman, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, you know, got our beautiful gowns on and went into the Beverly Hilton and. Bumped into every celebrity you could ever even list at the Golden Globes. It was truly amazing. And what I will say about being at the Golden Globes was that while it was incredibly, you know, inspiring and just exciting to be there, um, there was mm. a small part of me, a little twinge of, wow, you know, I wish I could do something like this and and be be the one being interviewed almost because it it felt almost strange to be celebrating their success and their huge movies without really having anything to do with it you know yeah. do you know what i mean
0: is that, was- i do i know i know exactly what you mean yeah i mean uh, one of the things i was gonna ask you was um you know is there any negatives to your success so i mean would that be a negative do you think
1: i think a negative listen there's always there's always like tough challenging parts of any career so i'm i'm hesitant to call it a negative, but I will say it's challenging to be around people who are so successful. I think that the, the possible negative or challenge would be sort of comparison syndrome, which is that you look, you're, you're, you know, you are literally elbow to elbow with the most successful, wealthy, you know, people that have all these things you could ever dream of. And a lot of them, you, you know, you think, oh, well, they, a lot of them have these sort of um, underdog stories. And so you think if they did it, I can too. Well, how come it hasn't happened? And you know, so there starts to be a little bit of a comparison syndrome. I think that's probably true in any industry, um, but I have noticed that I have to really keep myself in check. With you know, everybody's on their own journey, and where I'm at okay. in mine, just really can't compare to to somebody else. I mean, it's it's apples to oranges. It's really very different. But Definitely. yeah, I guess I guess Andy, I could say that was that's the thing that's maybe honestly been a, a bit of a struggle.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. But I mean, you know, as you say, everybody's on their own journey and although they're hugely successful, they're also aspirational people, of course, you know, so you can look up to them and, and try and emulate them and do better. And and that's something that, you know, we try and talk about on the podcast. That's why I get all these people on the on the podcast like yourselves that's done really well, but it's all within uh, context because, you know, you, you're at the other side of the uh the camera let's say to them uh, maybe on the production side and doing the hosting where they've been maybe in the films or running tv shows and things like that so Mm -hmm. it's totally different you know i don't don't think you can take away from what you've done
1: yeah and i think what exactly what you're doing and the reason why your podcast is so helpful is because instead of like what if we looked at those people and and exactly as you say instead of seeing them as comparison seeing them as inspiration and these guiding Mm. lights for oh yeah, this is possible and, and this can happen. And though it might look different for me, it's totally possible. And I think using, using those people as, um, you know, inspiration and, and, and kind of a way to expand our mind is the best way to, to combat any kind of, you know, comparison stuff, you know?
0: Mm. Well, you've been helping some people, teaching them uh, how to present themselves behind the camera. So how did that come around?
1: It did, you know. I, I try not to talk too much about coronavirus, but it, but it really has, over the past, you know, six months, just changed the shape of the industry, uh, particularly the TV and film industry. You know, if, if you've looked up on your on your TV, on your big TV, and you've seen these, you know, shows doing these productions from their home. Um, Mm. That is a huge change. And so what it has done is it's leveled the playing field for every single person who's ever wanted to have a, a show of their own or, or do anything like that. So what coronavirus did for me is it it propelled me into this space of helping people who wanted to, from their home, either, either talk to their Let's say they're a small business owner and they can't necessarily operate in the way that they did before coronavirus. So for whatever reason, they find themselves either needing or wanting to be in front of the camera to connect with their customers, their audience, their whomever in ways that they just hadn't before. So for mm-hmm. a lot of people, small businesses particularly, or you know, independent. Um, you know, I don't know, sales folks or all different types of people who found themselves needing this, there was things that people didn't know, like tips and tricks for how to set up their camera at home, use their laptop to to put themselves, you know, on camera or to go live, things like that. So it's been really wonderful and rewarding to take this skill set that I've, you know, compiled up over the years from every different job, not just the hosting, not just the producing, um, and help other people kind of show up in their best quote unquote light on on you know digital video so that's been really fun
0: yeah so what what have you found the most interesting thing about your line of work
1: I think the most interesting thing um, about well there's twofold about hosting in particular the most interesting thing is is the the connection, the, the, the capacity to form a connection so quickly. Um, which I think is if you can take that from, let's say like a red carpet, for example, or a podcast even, it's amazing to me. And I continue to marvel at how quickly you can form a connection with someone. And I love to take that outside of a podcast or outside of a red carpet interview and apply that to standing in line at the grocery store. And like, how quickly can I form a connection with this stranger from right. sixty away because it's such a useful skill. So I love the connections that are formed. Um, and then and then from the production side, um, I have just after pulling together productions of all scales, you know, from tiny tiny budgets to giant feature films, it's so cool to see what happens when you can when you can bring people together and have a plan and the things that you can bring to life. Um, it's truly it's inspiring.
0: Yeah, well, you certainly look fantastic, and you sound fantastic. So, do you work on your body and your voice?
1: Yes, of course. Um, Do you? Oh, yeah, and I and I can even teach you guys some some vocal warm ups if you'd like. Um, Great yeah and for the body you know the thing that i prior to uh quarantine i have i was a box i love boxing boxing is my absolute favorite and it's, it keeps you so fit it's just a great workout i love boxing but obviously um out here in california all the gyms have closed so fitness for me these days looks a lot different than it did six months ago and i think that the the real fitness part of this has been the mental side of just mm. Giving myself grace and knowing that you know there are so many more important things in the world right now than how my body physically looks. So I'm, I'm working on making sure my mind is healthy and sound, um, and you know that I'm moving and, and not staying too sedentary. But it's just a different type of fitness now than it was six months ago. I would have a different story for you. But that's you know giving yourself love and grace in, in this crazy time in our world right now. I think is so much more important than than almost anything. Um, so that's the fitness side, the physical fitness side of it, but um do you want to do some some vocal warm ups with me?
0: Yeah, go for it love to
1: okay so so a big part of my career is is voiceover, which I love, and before every um Every, literally, anytime before I get on the microphone, I do some some tongue twisters. So let's do a couple of
0: these
1: right oh, no. yeah, it's I've got to
0: be awful at these. Go on.
1: We'll do, we'll just do the the four that I always do. We'll we'll do them uh, just once through. And the goal here is you oh. say it one time, and then you increase the speed, increase the speed, increase the speed. Now we won't <laughs> have to do that necessarily on this show, but let's do the very first one we've all probably heard. Sally sells seashells by the seashore.
0: Sally sells seashells by the seashore.
1: Great. And then in your own private time when you don't have listeners, just keep saying it faster. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Okay, so you just get faster and faster and faster. Next okay. one. Okay. This is a classic. Have you heard yeah. this? Red leather, yellow leather.
0: Oh God, I can't do this one. I'll try. It, I'll try. It. Red, hang on, what was it? Red. Yellow. Red leather, Red.
1: yellow leather.
0: Red leather, yellow leather.
1: Great, yep. Red then,
0: leather, yellow leather.
1: Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow okay. leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Red. Yep. Just faster, faster, faster. Yep.
0: You're too good at this, keep going.
1: <laughs> and then for your P's, your plosives, you know, when you're behind a microphone, your, your, your P's will yeah. pop. So you wanna get the, those mouth muscles moving with Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. <laughs> you just keep getting faster and faster.
0: Okay, just the once then. <laughs> <Just> once. <laughs> Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers.
1: Mm. Perfect, beautiful, well done. Um, <laughs> and the whole point is that you, you just want to get those sounds in your mouth and you actually yeah. really want to move your face around. So make these weird, if you could see me right now, you just you're almost like stretching your mouth as if you're going up and down and left and right. And another trick, just to warm up the actual tongue muscle, and I can explain hmm. this, you take your tongue, you close your mouth, and you make a do clockwise circles three times, one, two, three, with your tongue in your mouth, and so your mouth will be closed, so it'll make a little sound mm-hmm. while you do it. I'm doing
0: it now, yeah. You're doing it
1: good, and mm-hmm. then just go, go counterclockwise three times as well, and that just warms up this mouthpiece is your instrument, so it's very important that you get it all flexed out, worked out. And then lastly, you know, our breath is so, so important in life and certainly behind a microphone. So before I ever, ever, ever step into anything, whether it's an on-camera performance or, or a, a vocal performance, I take a big, deep breath and I scrunch up my shoulders to my ears when I breathe in. So if you're, if you're imagining that, take a big, deep breath in and you scrunch your shoulders up to your ears and then you exhale big, 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 and you drop your shoulders all the way down as you're exhaling so it's like scrunch up let go scrunch up let let go
0: let me me try let me try
1: yeah
0: (sighs) okay yeah yeah i feel a bit better now yeah
1: yeah okay and then the last one that's very silly but we'll get these lips actually active so have you ever heard you know that sound that you kind of you do what's basically lip trills so it sounds like this can you make that sound with your lips Yeah. yeah Perfect. And I know it sounds silly and it looks even more ridiculous, but then you get these actual lip muscles moving. So you take that lip trill and you go, and you go up and down in pitch. You look like an absolute nutter, but it really, it really gets your mouth moving.
0: Luckily we're, we're not on camera with this one, so
1: <laughs> I failed. I hope all of your listeners are at home trying to do this and just looking and sounding. Yeah,
0: supportive. I'm sure they are. Let's make sure they are. Go and yeah. do it now, people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's good fun. But that's how I prepare on a very technical level. That's how I prepare for any time I'm performing.
0: Okay, well, that that's good technique. I'll try that before I do the next podcast then and see how yeah, I get yeah. on. Okay. We'll
1: let me know, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so now you've got a podcast yourself, haven't you? So tell us I a little do. bit about that.
1: I do. Well, it, and you know, everything kind of ties together because uh, it was actually on my my red, all these red carpets I was doing, they, they kind of, let's say you're covering um, the premiere of a new movie, right? And so you have to ask these celebrities about their experience on this XYZ movie or XYZ show. You yeah. know, nobody tells you what questions you're supposed to ask, but you know that they are there to promote, obviously, that movie or that TV show. Mm -hmm. What I found after all these carpets is that, yeah, they would they would come down the line and they would, you know, certainly put on a good show and answer the questions, et cetera, et cetera. But the way that I could get celebrities in particular to really open up to me uh, was to ask them about my favorite thing ever, which is food. I love food. And I think is so fun to see a celebrity really drop to anybody, but particularly in this case on the carpet to see celebrities drop their guard, really open up. I mean, something shifted in their lights, in their eyes when we got to talk about food. So I always found myself asking, you know, Hey, what's for dinner tonight? Did you have dinner before the show? Or are you excited to eat after? And I don't know if they were all just really hungry or what, but they Mm -hmm. would get really excited to talk about food. And and then I found like in my regular day-to-day life, it was something that I could get just about anybody to talk to me about so I'm like you know what this is this is what I want I love this more than anything so I started my podcast dear food and it's it's really kind of my love letter to food and so um, I bring on really interesting people a lot of people from the entertainment industry but but not always also some chefs and some food critics and people who just love food and we talk about the ways that food uh, really affects our emotions and and how food makes us feel and it, it's just really it's always a great um conversation to get to the emotional side of food
0: okay well you're going to get another listener then because uh, i'm going to tune in and start listening because i love food myself and uh, one of the, one of the things that uh, i've struggled with over the years is uh is weight you know i put on weight really easily most of the food that i eat is carbohydrate heavy and you know mm-hmm. if i'm not watching what i'm eating then the weight's going on so uh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tune in ashley yeah. No okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I'll, I'll warn you some of the food is not, it's not all healthy, of course. Um, but I think what we do a really good job of is just, we talked about it at the top of the show, but finding the balance, you know, there's sometimes that sometimes it's actually healthier for you to just give your body what it wants and to have that cookie um, than it is you know, <laughs> to deny it. Now, obviously we have to have balance, but uh, you know, I, I believe in nurturing the soul with, with all kinds of foods sometimes. Yeah, me
0: too. (laughs) too. So what kind of goals and aspirations have you got for the future?
1: Well, I'm really excited to keep growing the podcast. I love that community that's unfolded around food. And, you know, we're not too far away from um, where we've got a cookbook in the works from, you know, from the podcast, every episode, someone shares a recipe. So that'll be not too far in the, in the future. And then once the world opens up again, um, you know, I think there's going to be some really great uh, travel opportunities with, with the community of, of, of our food people. Um, So I'm, I'm excited for things to sort of, I don't want to say go back to normal, but uh, really I'm excited for the opportunity to travel again. And, uh, and yeah, that's someday, maybe it'll be into a, a, a beautiful show on TV, but for now it, these stories live on the podcast on the airwaves, which can reach yeah. all over the world.
0: Yeah, which is um, which is the new radio for me. You know, I I, I stopped listening to the radio. I'm completely on podcast, so you know, I'm quite happy to tell people that's like having a radio show in some ways.
1: I agree. I agree. But Frank, the radio is kind of garbage these days out here anyway. <laughs>
0: well, the world over, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we talked about the things that you've done in the past, but is there anything you'd have changed?
1: You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit cliche to say this, but I, I really, I don't think I would have changed anything because all the mistakes, all the, you know, things in my mind that I thought, oh my God, how did that happen? They've all led me to, to right here and, and right here is, is actually okay with me. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that I still want. And I think that, that they're actually unfolding just as they're meant to, um, Maybe if they'd unfolded sooner, I wouldn't have been ready mentally to handle them. The only thing I would say that I'm still learning is to just be a bit kinder to myself. And certainly when I was younger, I mean, I've always been very harsh on myself, very, very hard, you know, push, push, push. So I guess maybe if I could have learned, although I'm still learning, just to be a bit gentler, that would be um, a a good thing to to have had with me. But I'm learning it now, so...
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, having said that, I mean, some of the people we've had on the show, we've had world champions, world record holders and stuff like that. They've been hard on themselves, but they've achieved, you know, so don't be too, you know, don't be too worried that you pushed yourself hard because otherwise, you know, maybe you wouldn't have achieved what you've achieved. So,
1: you exactly, know. you know, see, that, that's what I mean. It's all it all unfolds for the reasons that yeah. they're meant to. So, yeah.
0: Yep, I think you're right. Well, Ashley, time has flown. It's gone by really quickly. Um, could you tell us how people can get hold of you if they want to know more about you or your podcast or or any websites or information about you if they need to get hold of you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the easiest way to get to, to all of my links is just to go to ashleychaney.com. Um, the podcast page is up there. There's all kinds of info about me and all my social are, is up on there as well. You know, if you want to reach out to me on Instagram or, or I'm mostly active on Instagram. Um, my, my handle is Ashley on camera and the podcast handle is at Dear Food Podcast. Um, and, you know, I would love to have any food lovers come on over to the podcast and give a listen and, and share your, your stories um, about food or listen to other folks' stories about food. That, that, of course, is Dear Food Podcast and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Ashley, thanks for doing the show. You've been absolutely wonderful. And I wish you well in the future.
1: Oh, uh, maybe someday we'll get to meet in, in real life and I'll come visit that beautiful English countryside you you <laughs>
0: <laughs> That would be absolutely fantastic. Or maybe maybe the other way around, maybe I might fancy a bit of sunshine in California. You never know.
1: Well, I tell you what, it's sunny all the time. So come on over anytime.
0: Okay, Thanks
1: a lot, Ashley. Have a great one. Thanks, Andy. Bye, everyone. Thank
0: you. I hope this podcast gives you inspiration and if you want to contact me I'm Andy Arter and it's transform your and health at gmail.com